All this week we're talking about experts you need for your food truck business on 10-Minute Food Truck Training. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, my name is Bill Moore, founder of foodtrucktraining.group, and welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. This is Partner Week, and we are discussing all the various people a food truck is going to need on speed dial to help them. Today, we're talking about commissaries and suppliers. A commissary or a servicing area or a base of operations or whatever the heck your state calls it is a place where you will, at the very least, pick up fresh water and dispose of your wastewater. Your state may require you to store all your food there, park there overnight, do all your food prep there, do all your cooking there. It is dependent upon what your state requires. Your state may require you to cook your food there, to store your food there, to prep all your food there, to do all your dishes there, park your truck overnight, and any other combination of different tasks that have to be done inside either a commissary, servicing area, base of operations, or whatever your state calls it. So that is someone that you will need to have a good working relationship with. And again, at the very least, if you're self-sufficient and your state has a self-sufficient category in your food vending license, you still need a place to pick up water and you still need a place to dump your wastewater. So it's always a good idea to have not only one place to do that, but maybe two or three, just in case. And remember, there is nothing that's allowed to be prepped at home. In fact, the FDA is so against this practice, they mention it three times in their rules and regulations. The reason you need a commissary and you need to follow the commissary rules for your state is, let's say someone gets sick. doesn't have to be off of your food, but at some point during the day they ate your food. So because they've gotten sick and the doctors believe it's food poisoning, they notify the health inspector. The health inspector interviews that guest and finds out everything they've consumed in the last couple of days, and then they go investigate all those different businesses. So if they mention having eaten at your food truck, whether your food made them sick or not doesn't matter. Health inspector's still showing up. And one of the things he's going to ask for is where did you get all your food? So you need to have all the receipts and show where you purchased your food, when it was purchased, and if your state requires commissary prep or commissary storage, he's going to ask what commissary do you use? And then he'll go to that commissary and he'll look at their their logs to see if you've actually been showing up when you're supposed to be. If you haven't been, if your state is one of those states that has yet to show up at the commissary within 24 hours of operation, and you haven't been there, guess who gets blamed for the food poisoning? If you live in a very rural area and you may find that there's no commissary near you, you may have to build your own. And you can do that. Some states have a very low threshold for the requirements to have a commissary. You can put it in a small building on your property. It's got a three-compartment sink, a separate bathroom, There's a hand wash sink in the bathroom and then a hand wash sink outside of the bathroom and a floor sink for you to drain your mop water. That qualifies as a commissary in some states. And then all you need is some place to refrigerate your food, freeze your food, cook or whatever. But that's the minimum to have a commissary. But that doesn't mean you can go build one because your particular area where you live may be zoned residential, so no businesses. Your homeowners association may say, "Uh uh-uh, 
no commissary, no commercial businesses on homeowner's property. So you, you have to double check, number one, to see if your state will allow it, and then number two, to see if your particular area, neighborhood, or homeowner's association will allow it. And as I mentioned, a commissary is going to have some type of log system for you to sign that shows, yes, you showed up when you're supposed to show up and how long you were there. So what if you can't find a commissary and building one on your own property is not an option? First thing you can do is just search. Don't search the word commissary. Don't search the word servicing area. Don't search the word home base or base of operations. All of those things will bring up more generic information than you really want to deal with. So what you want to search is a shared kitchen, a shared commercial kitchen, renting a commercial kitchen, or even search ghost kitchen. All of those terms will take you to a commercially set up kitchen available for lease or rent. Could be by the hour, could be by the day, could be by the month. Those don't work. There's also websites. There's a website called Culinary Incubator, Your Pro Kitchen, Cook It Here, the Kitchen Door, all of those are dot-coms. You can look all of those up and they'll have a listing of potential commissaries in your area. So if you go through all of that and you still cannot find a commissary, here's some places you can check out. Go to a bar that's only open in the evening. If they have a certified kitchen, you can prep in it, you can cook in it. Check with your health department. They might actually have a list. You never know. A church, again, that has a certified kitchen, a big church. A convenience store, a daycare, again with a inspected kitchen, dinner theaters because they're only open at night, Eastern Star Lodges, Elk Club, grocery stores, especially if you buy from them, local small restaurants that are limited hours. Maybe they only open at four o'clock. Maybe they only open at lunch, so you can do your prep work in the afternoons and evenings. A Masonic Lodge, Nursing Home, Drury Club, Shiners, Sam's Club, VFW, all of those places tend to have certified kitchens, inspected kitchens, and they could use a little bit of extra income. So there's places to check. All you got to do is just look. And then finally, if you've exhausted all of these suggestions, go to the inspection reports for your city county or state and look at the vendor's licenses they typically will list two addresses one's the actual address where they're located and then the other address will be service area where they work out of if you're looking at a burger king for instance it'll have the physical address of the home office of the corporation that owns that particular franchise that's where they get all their mail and then they'll have the actual physical address for the burger king whatever road it's on in your town for a mobile vendor same deal they'll have the mailing address where they receive all their official mail and then their service address where they actually set up to do business because they're mobile they have to list their commissary and again that's in most states so if you're going through these licenses like in florida you can look at every license that florida has issued for a mobile food vendor and when you start seeing the same address over and over and over, you can be fairly certain that's a commissary. So now you've got an address and you've got somebody you can go talk to. If you don't have the ability to look through all of the licenses like you can in Florida and some other states, look at the health inspection report in general because they'll at least list those and they'll list the issues that they've had. But what you want to look for, again, is all the certified kitchens. Because I promise you, there'll be some places that have a certified kitchen you didn't even realize had a certified kitchen. And if they're a place you didn't realize had a certified kitchen, chances are they would be agreeable to have somebody rent that kitchen. So you can always find a commissary. So now let's talk about distributors or suppliers or farmers or salesmen. Whatever you want to call them, they're what bring your business the stuff it needs to sell. 
These folks grow, manufacture, deliver all your food, all your supplies, and they've really got to be the best at what they're doing because you want to sell the best quality. So you want to have a good working relationship with these folks because when you run out of stuff, things aren't right on the order, you want to be able to talk to somebody that's going to be there to take care of you. It's no fun to run out of product, but if you treated your sales reps and you treated the distributors right, when you do run out of something, they might go out of their way to help you get it. I've heard many stories, and I've also had many salesmen bring me stuff on their off time because they didn't want me to run out. So having a good working relationship helps. If you're a jerk every time they come deliver and you complain about everything they do, chances are when you need something, they're not answering the phone. You want to stay in contact with your sales reps and your distributors and let them know when you're going to be changing out things. Give them the heads up so that they don't continue to order 50 cases of tomatoes for you when you decided you're no longer going to carry tomatoes. Because remember, whatever you're buying from them, they are accounting for on tomorrow's order to replace whatever you bought. So you don't want to shock them by stopping ordering something and then have them backlog all that food. Because guess what happens? Prices go up. And you really shot yourself in the foot by not keeping them informed when you make a major change to your menu. A couple of things that suppliers can do to help you out is they can give you brand POP. And POP stands for point of purchase. Those kind of materials are things that you see like if you sell Hormel products or you sell Coca-Cola products or Pepsi products or any other name brand. They'll give you danglers and they'll give you posters and they'll give you different things that you can put up around your business, on your windows, on your doors, wherever, to advertise their particular product. But it also shows you to, to be selling quality stuff. If you are a hot dog vendor, for instance, they may give you an umbrella with their name branded on it. Or they'll give you other little trinkets that have their logo on it. So that's one thing you can get out suppliers and their salesmen. Another thing you can get is the material safety data sheets that you have to have for all your cleaning supplies that give all the first aid information about the chemicals you carry on your truck. And then they'll also explain to you how to use those chemicals. That's what salesmen do. They want you to understand how to use it so you get the best benefit out of the product. So number one, you're not wasting it. And number two, you'll want to continue to order it. If issues arise when you receive an order, you order a 25 pound bag or 25 pound box of tomatoes and inside it's only got 23 pounds. If you let the distributors know and the delivery driver know immediately they'll take care of you but occasionally you might not have time to check it as long as you have a good working relationship with them they'll believe you and give you that couple of extra pounds but if you act like a jerk they'll say sorry it's on you you're supposed to check the delivery when it is received and there's always going to be case count issues there's always going to be low quality there's always going to be underweight cases just expect it. The idea is for you to catch it. And the idea for you is for you to be nice about it. And just say, hey, this, this case of tomatoes is short a couple of pounds. I don't want it. And the driver will take it back, go out to his truck, get a couple of pounds of tomatoes out of somebody else's case, throw them in yours and bring it back and go, here you are. Because I guarantee you that's what happens. Because they know that not everybody is going to check their food. Once you get a reputation for double checking their weights, they'll make sure that your stuff weighs right so they can get in and out as quick as possible. And that helps you with your food cost. But as long as you treat them all with respect, they will go the extra mile when you need it. Now, there is an actual rule of thirds. I will see some people say a rule of thirds for a business is 33% this, 33% that, and 33% profit. Well, it doesn't quite work that easily. But there is a rule of thirds that actually does work in food service, and that's related to pre-prepared products. So let's say that you get something like bread. 
or pre-sliced vegetables, like onions for instance, they have a hold time, an expiration time on them. Ideally, one-third of that is at the manufacturer, one-third is at the distributor, and then that leaves you one-third. That's ideally. You want, uh, you want your products to have at least half of their hold time left, their expiration time left. So if you get bread and the bread overall has, say, four days of use out of it, you want to get it when it's got two full days left. You don't want to get it when there's only one day left. Same with pre-cut vegetables. Typically, they will have 10-day hold time on them. You want to get them when there's at least five days remaining. That gives you enough time to use them. So make sure you understand what the hold times are the expiration times are on certain products and then let your suppliers know i want this particular product at this certain time or i will not be accepting it and then hopefully they're honest with you and say well we just aren't able to do that and you say not a problem i'll find somebody else that will so here's some best practices to help you build that good relationship number one always share information and your priorities the more you tell them about your business the better they can help you both in cost and in service Balance commitment with competition. You have to be able to tell a distributor, yes, I will buy so many cases of a certain product from you. But then you also want to tell them, but I will price shop from time to time to make sure you're giving me the best price. As long as they know that you're going to be competitively shopping them, they'll give you the best price. You want to build the partnership for a long time. You want to prioritize long-term relationships over short-term gains and, material and marginal cost savings. So let them know, hey, I want to be with you for the next 10 years. These are the things that I need from you. What do you need from me? So you keep that conversation going. You build that relationship. Understand their business. Remember, they're in business to make money just like you are. So if you're constantly leaning on them to cut costs, not going to work out for you. Your quality is going to suffer. And you don't want to put them in a position where they're making you look bad because that's the best they can do for what you're asking for. Make sure you're talking to them when fuel prices go up. Also, make sure you're talking when fuel prices come back down. It does happen. You might see yourself being charged a fuel surcharge, which I absolutely hate, but it may happen. See how you can negotiate that down, if at all possible. Just remember, you want to negotiate a win-win agreement with your supplier, whomever it may be. And you want to be consistent with how you're shopping and what you're buying and let them know what your needs are as far as not only the product you want today, but the things you're thinking about for the future. Because sales reps will always be bringing you some samples. They'll always be bringing you new products to try out if you show that you're eager and willing to buy the good quality stuff. If all you want is free food, they will eventually figure you out and stop bringing you free samples because they'll see you to be a leech rather than a business opportunity for them to get more commission. So understand the people that you're dealing with, that you're working with, what motivates them. This is not all about your business, but you can make it all about your business if you're helping them to get what they want. So tomorrow we're going to talk about insurance agents and the one person everybody hates, the health inspector. If you're enjoying our chats, please support the podcast by clicking the support button and giving a monthly donation. Or if your budget is only enough for a one-time donation, please do that as well. There's a link for that in the description. Either way, it means the world to me, and I think it's just awesome. If you like being around like-minded, positive people, and they help keep you in the right frame of mind to do your business well, join our group on Facebook. It's called Food Truck Training. There's a bunch of amazing people there waiting to help you succeed in your business. 
Thank you guys so much for listening and stay profitable, my friends.